Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. This sermon was taken from the life of the church. For more messages like this, please see our website, www.venturechurch.co.za. We hope you enjoy this message. I'd wanted to share two really important truths before I get into uh, what it is I want to share with you, because I want to share about new ground broken this morning. But the two things I want to share with you, the first is something that I heard again this week, and it was such, such a good reminder, because even I lose sack, of, sack, I lose sight of this. God cannot love you more than he does right now. Wherever you're at, whatever your circumstances, however long you've, you've known him, even if you're sitting there and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, God cannot love you more than he does right now. And he knows all your failures and all your triumphs. He knows you perfectly. Actually, and this is one of the things I battle with more than anything else as I've come to know the Father more. He knows me better than I know myself. He knows you better than you know yourself. And in the midst of that knowledge, he cannot love you more than he does right now. He also cannot love you any less because he has loved you with a perfect love, an absolute love. I don't know about you, but my, my little um, grain, gray cells in my noggin, they get overworked trying to comprehend the reality of that. Probably because I need to start by accepting it by faith. Once I've done that, he can do more. Think about the, the, the Israelites, how they went into the promised land. It wasn't, a, um, it wasn't an easy, done and dusted thing. They had to fight for it. Even though, and, and I mean, I read Joshua again this year, and it struck me again that they talk as if the whole land has been taken, but it hasn't. <laughs> and yet the Lord talks as if it's already done. He cannot love you more than he does right now, knowing that the land is not fully taken, knowing that not every part of your life is in full submission to him, knowing that there are still persistent sins that you just cannot break free from. It's not an excuse, but he cannot love you more and he will not love you less. He loves you to the uttermost. I love how uh, John phrases it in John 13, 1. Jesus says, now you have loved those you've given me to the uttermost. To the uttermost. To the extreme. That's the love that the Father has for us. And in that context, everything else fits into its place. So we can look at the we're going to look at the vision. And yes, I didn't make a mistake when I wrote up the title of this message, New Ground Broken. The vision is breaking new ground. But here we are, we're almost out of November 2022. 
I know two years ago, it felt like we might never see the end of that year. But here we are at the end of 2022, and the Lord has given us this, us this incredible vision. I want us to look and see that new ground has been broken. It's been broken, though, intentionally. And I'd like you to, and this is the second thing I want to share before I get into it, I'd like you to remember in the light of the fact that God cannot love you more than he does right now, what Romans 8.1 says, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We have to be honest with ourselves though. Even though there is no condemnation, we have to be honest about where we're at. I'm not going to bore you with my orienteering story again, but it has continued to impact me. I remember being stuck up on Dartmoor in the UK, and we were looking at a map and looking at a compass, and it's the UK, it's always raining, and it's miserable, and we've, we know we've still got a couple of miles to go before we can camp. And we thought we were in one place, and we were actually in another. And so we headed on the right bearing, but because we weren't we didn't know where we were at, or because we're not honest with where we're at, you miss the target when you take the right bearing from the wrong starting place. Therefore, there's no condemnation. We have to be honest with where we're at. Just a reminder, there is a difference between condemnation. No, <laughs> there is a difference between conviction and condemnation. The Lord the Holy Spirit brings conviction. The devil brings condemnation. What's the two? Is it one of those wordplay things again? No. Condemnation points out sin and provides no chance of redemption or movement. So it totally enslaves us. It totally keeps us stuck where we're at. We are utterly stuck. Can I say that the Lord is more committed to your destiny than even you are? Philippians 1.6 tells us that he who has begun a good work in us will carry it on until completion. That's his commitment to you. What's your commitment to him? Remembering that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So condemnation provides no hope, no redemption, makes us static, and it binds us. Conviction points out the truth. I'm going to use the word reality in this case. It points out the reality of our situation. Always provides hope, and it always empowers. The Lord loves us enough that he's prepared to confront us, to bring conviction. Conviction can feel as awkward and uncomfortable as condemnation. But conviction never finishes there. It always says Jesus is Lord and he cannot love you more than he does right now. So those are my two, uh, the, the context of what I want to share about new ground broken. So what was the scripture? 
Hosea 74 verse 3. Hosea 10 verse 12, thank you. Sow righteousness for yourselves and reap faithful love, breaking up your unplowed ground. It's time to seek the Lord until he comes and sends righteousness on you like the rain. It's interesting if you read Hosea, which I'm sure you have, and this passage or this section, the context is actually in the midst of Israel's ongoing sin. He's painting a picture that feels a bit like condemnation. He's saying, guys, how many centuries must the Lord speak to you again and again? And slotted in there is this incredible promise. Even now, the Lord says, if you sow righteousness for yourself, you'll reap faithful love and you will break up the unplowed ground. Remember, God is more committed to the work that he's begun in you than even you are. Again, not an excuse, but a deep, profound reality. God is radically committed to you and the perfect purpose and plan that he has for you. And he has placed you in Venture Church for just such a time as this. And he is radically committed to what he wants to work out in you in Venture Church. Even more so than you are. So, as we look at the vision again, and it's, there's a beautiful irony, here we are having vision just as the years were winding down. But as we look at the vision again, what God has given us to focus on, and just a reminder, there is ultimately only one vision, and that is the vision of Jesus. But God, in his great wisdom, gives us things to focus on in the interim. Because the more I meditate on Jesus, the more I'm overwhelmed by his majesty. Even the disciple who Jesus loved, when he sees him at the beginning of, in our, in our case, the written record of the revelation. You know why that, book, that book's called Revelation? It is the revelation of Jesus Christ that he gave his son. It's the revelation, not about the things that Jesus was gonna do. It's the revelation of Jesus, who he is that God gave to his servant to share with all of us. And even the disciple whom Jesus loved was overwhelmed when he sees the ascended risen Christ. Overwhelmed, I fell at his feet as if dead. We love to use hyperbole, you know, speaking in extremes. I'm not 100% sure that that was hyperbole. I think he was literally that overwhelmed that he fell at his feet as if he was dead and he raises him up. So it's appropriate as, as we are here at this stage in the year to look at what is breaking new ground. What was the Lord looking to do with us during this year? You know, if you can't say, uh, this, is what, this is what we're hoping to achieve, this, in this case, is what the Lord's hoping to achieve with us, then you can't say, well, has he worked it in me? How has he worked it? We can't take stock. We can't say, yes, the Lord has been effective in me. 
So what was the Lord looking at doing with us? Then we can ask, where have we broken new ground? And the good news is that some of us know clearly we've broken new ground. No, we've broken new ground. Some of us are going to get a pleasant surprise as we recognize where God has broken new ground in us. And some of us may get a bit of a, a shock as we realize that we have not, God's not been able to achieve the fullness of what he wants to in us. The good news is, yet. Because God cannot love you more than he does right now. And there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But again, if we don't, if we can't honestly say, I haven't made any effort to embrace God's vision for this year, then we cannot honestly say, yes, it's been a successful year. You know what the amazing thing is? God's more committed to his destiny in you than even you are. And you may well find that he has still been at work. So what does breaking new ground mean? What does it look like for us? Breaking new ground was about growing in the spiritual gifts. This morning, I almost had to say, no, no more contributions, please. (laughs) That's a wonderful problem as a leader to have. Don't stop bringing them. Can I just reiterate that if the Lord stirs your heart with a spiritual gift, a tongue, a prophecy, a revelation, a whatever, your responsibility is to step out. It is the responsibility of whoever's leading the meeting to recognize how that fits in with the bigger picture of what God's saying and to release or not release or partially release what God's given you when and how they see it. Your responsibility is to step forward. Again, just a practical thing. I know that for many of us, we get nervous. So I remember this as I was starting to grow in this. I would suddenly feel nervous. It's like, why am I feeling anxious? Oh, because you're speaking to me. I used to think, okay, I need to formulate everything and then I need to wait for the right moment to go forward. No, you do need to formulate what God wants to say through you, but the timing is not up to you. As soon as you feel God stirring you, and yes, I am talking about these contributions in meetings, but the same principle applies even when you're sharing a word with an attendant at the petrol station. Just share it. Go forward. The Lord can, it's, it's about the hearing that is so important. Your responsibility is to hear and obey. Whoever's leading, if there is a leader in that, if there is a meeting, their responsibility is to coordinate it and when to release it. So breaking new ground was about growing the spiritual gifts. We've actually been praying, the Lord has been uh, recurring that theme in Venture Church for the last three years. It was a theme that we as elders felt he hadn't released us from, from 2020 into 2021 and 21 into 22. But he has broken new ground amongst us. I think, forgive me, I'm going to embarrass her, but one of my proudest moments was seeing Yolandi going forward at the, uh, at the National Equip to give a word. Breaking new ground. 
But don't think if you share in Connect Group for the first time, that isn't as awesome in the sight of the Father who cannot love you more than he does right now. Don't think that that's any less significant. He's called you to break your own new ground, not somebody else's. Breaking new ground was about trusting for the more of God's gifts. I've talked about the gifts of the Spirit, but also more of the gift ministries of Christ, more of Christ in our lives day to day, more of Christ permeating all of our lives, allowing Him to flood and fill our work lives, our family lives, our personal lives, our sport lives, our recreational lives, our love lives. Jesus being all in all. Breaking new ground was about reigniting old gifts and promises. For some of us, we realized and remembered that there were words that we had had spoken over us that had kind of, they'd become cold or they'd become dormant in our lives. And he was breaking up the fallow ground. Definitely one of, the, uh, one of the vision messages was around what's fallow ground? Fallow ground is good ground that's been allowed to rest, to lie. And the Lord was saying to the people of Israel through Hosea, it's time for it to be fertile again. The Lord has spoken to some of us about it's time to be fertile in this promise, in this gift that I've deposited in you again. It's been lying dormant. Plow up the fallow ground. Breaking new ground was about living on every word that the Lord was speaking. Deuteronomy 8.3, something that the, uh, Jesus quotes to the devil in the temptation in Luke 4. Matthew 4, whichever, Matthew 4. Man will not live, humanity, human beings will not live on bread alone. We do have to have food and sustenance. Even those of us who are gluten intolerant, we do have to live on food. But not just on food. We will not truly live unless we live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Breaking new ground is about not getting stuck in the rut the COVID created. At the beginning of the year in January, the Lord gave me, I'm going to call it a vision. It was a little bit stronger image. And it was in that period of time when I was between waking and sleeping of three thin cows eating, the, eating what was left of... Um, no, not what was left. Eating from the edge of a field that had good food in it. I didn't look to see whether it was millies or corn or, what, or uh, wheat or whatever. But they were eating from this and they were scoffing it. But they weren't getting any, any uh, fatter. We spent a little bit of time, Nadine and I, this week uh, out in the... Well, not in the felt. You can't call Parace the felt. Uh, but uh, just next to where we were, there were a whole lot of cows. Where there are cows, there are flies. Let me not get sidetracked onto that. But 
it made me realize, because we looked at these cows and they looked healthy, but you could still see, see their ribs. You know, sometimes when cows have, because cows are like munching machines, and if there is too much food, they, actually sheep are the worst with that, but let me not get sidetracked. But you could still, they were healthy. They, they had a good size to them, but they, you could still see their, their ribs. I'm sure you've seen pictures of cows that you can see their ribs, but that's pretty much all you can see. They're pretty much emaciated. Cows can get to the stage where you can't see their ribs at all because they're, they are so full. These cows, despite the fact that they were eating this, this good grain, weren't getting any fatter. And this field had a river next to it. And up out of the river came three, uh, three healthy-looking cows. And they came up to the other cows, and, and I was just awake enough to think, oh, this is just like um, Pharaoh's dream that he shared with Joseph. I know what's going to happen next. The one set of cows are going to eat up, the thin cows are going to eat up the fat cows. And at that point, I felt the Lord say, actually, this is a different dream. Who eats who depends on you. I started paying attention at that point, real attention. And I felt the Lord say, how you treat this year, 2022, how you embrace breaking new ground will determine whether the thin cows eat the fat cows. And that will set our trajectory individually and corporately into the future. Are we going to have more, more lean years? Or, depending on what you focus on, the fat cows are going to eat the thin cows and it's going to be as if there never were any thin cows. Our trajectory will be towards him, his promises, and fulfillment. Breaking new ground is about the fat cows eating the thin cows, if that's not too gross a picture. It's about his preferred trajectory for us. But there is a reality that what we focus on is where we will go. So what is breaking new ground? It's about those things. How do we recognize the new ground that has been broken? So what does breaking new ground look like for you during this year? So the first area is breaking new ground in your personal spiritual life. What good patterns have you established or re-established. It's not all about the new. I mean, I love new. New technology, news, new this, new that. But it's not all about the new. Sometimes it's about getting something that was new, that was good, but we've let slip, putting it back in place. What were the good patterns that you've established or re-established this year? Could look different for all of us. Some of those things may be big. Some of those things may be small. Man looks on the outward things, but the Lord looks on the heart. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. In other words, it's important that we do what is in our hands, as someone said earlier, that we, we work as unto the Lord with what we have. 
If the Lord's given you something small to do, do it with all your might. If the Lord's given you something big to do, do it with all your might. Doesn't make a difference if it's small or big. Makes a difference that you heard him and you obeyed. What did you try for the first time this year for the Lord? And if you're anything like me, when I'm asked these questions under pressure, it's like, oh, I can't think of anything. I can't even think of my name right now. So we're going to have time to reflect. I'm wanting to make sure that you, that you have the right questions so you can hear the voice of God and get the right answers from him. So what promises have you heard from him and did you act on them this year? I know that there have been many of you who have heard the Lord speak during the year. Some big things, some small things. Some in your personal life, some in your work life, some for your careers. What things have you heard the Lord um, speak and you've acted on them? Because even hearing the Lord speak, as wonderful and life-giving as that is, is not enough if we don't act on what he's spoken you know, I have the privilege of looking around and there's been a number, of, a number of you that I can see just offhand who I've had the privilege of hearing words that the Lord has given you and seeing the fruit of you stepping into them. Good fruit. New ground has been broken. Promises have been heard as the Lord's given them and acted on. Maybe you did receive a promise and you acted on it and it failed. This is where it gets tough. Can any word of God fail? Hmm, no. So what, what, what options does that leave us, with, leave us with? Well, I might have not heard the Lord. <laughs> it's a bit, I know. Or I might have not understood the timing of the Lord or even more amazing it's got nothing to do with any of that I just I have not seen the manifestation of the answer yet failure and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this just now because until we can confront our failures Jesus cannot be Lord over them so you remember I talked about condemnation and conviction. Conviction can feel like condemnation because we have to confront reality, the truth of our situation. And, and maybe not you, but me, I have failed. And sometimes I failed really big. And sometimes I failed really big and really publicly. That is super difficult to confront, but until I can confront it, Jesus cannot be Lord of it, and I cannot grow from it. And the one thing that being a Christian is, one thing about being a Christian that is so utterly amazing is that God can bring good out of the, some of the terrible stuff that does happen to us. So if it failed, what have you learned? If it succeeded, what have you learned? Some of us, 
because we're human beings, we tend to forget when things are going good, the, the source of all that is good. Don't be fooled. I read it this morning in my quiet time from James. Don't be fooled. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. Mixing the NIV with some version of the King James. It's, it's not only poetically beautiful, it's profoundly true. When it's good, it came from God. We're not always quick to recognize that. So if it succeeded, what have you learned? Did you pray more this year? God has called us to be a people of prayer. Did you pray more in tongues? This is one of the specific things that the Lord really challenges. Did you pray more allowing him to pray through you? And in your workplace, did you ask and find the Lord's help maybe for the first time? Many of us grapple with this idea of, um, of the Lord being actively involved in our work situations. Did you ask him for the first time, get him more actively involved in your work? Did you hear new strategies that, well, it just seemed to come out of nowhere? No, it didn't come out of nowhere. It came out of the mouth of the Lord. New business strategy. You know, the Lord is a master business person. Master. He's been doing it for eternity. We can ask him to be involved in our businesses, and we must. Being a Christian businessman is not just about giving lots of money to the church. It's about Jesus being Lord in your business, of all your business, if you're the, the boss or involved in the leadership. Breaking New Ground has also been about standing up to dishonest business practices and corruption. I've heard a few testimonies this year of, of people saying, I, I didn't get that deal because I wasn't prepared to pay the bribe. I wasn't prepared to lie. What feels Anar in the short term? Because there is a short-term natural loss. Again, let's just speak about reality, the truth. In an eternal perspective, but if Jesus is to be believed, even in this age, we'll reap a reward that is far, um, that far excels what we can ever hope, ask, or imagine. Sometimes we limit the Lord. Oh, Lord, I need money. Oh, look, here's this deal. Oh, I've got to be, I've got to be corrupt to do this. I'm, so I'm not going to do it. Oh, Lord, where's the money I needed? And suddenly there's groceries on your door. We look for money, but he provides other, uh, in other ways. Let's have our hearts open to see the faithfulness of God. If you face that and you didn't give in, you were breaking new ground. Or should I say, new ground was broken by the Lord in you. I just want to talk before I finish about a, a couple of things about how 
to deal with failure. So some time back, quite some time back now, we felt, Nadine and I felt, that the Lord had called us to lead a church. So after consultation with the elders at the church we were at at the time, we church planted. 18 months later, we had some good advice from apostolic team guys who said, if it's not working by now, you need to stop, regroup, get healed, get involved in a healthy local church, get healthy and restored. And if there's still the heart in you, the Lord will plant you again. I still remember the first time that uh, we visited at a, a particular church and Ian McKellar was leading it and going up to him afterwards and he knew who I was and saying to him, uh, this is why we're here. We're really feeling like we need to, to slot in here. And he said to me, so you failed. I thought, That's, I don't need that right now. I need to be loved and pampered and spoiled and told I'm good. And one of the more difficult lessons of life. But the fact that I'm telling it you now, 20 something years later, also one of the most important and profound. Because until I was able to say, that thing failed, I was a part of that problem. I was not the whole problem. I could not learn anything. And actually I could not be redeemed or restored from it until I was able to admit where I was really at. Most of us fear failure. And there are different reasons for that. Some of us, a lot of us fear failure because of the shame of it, the, the, the public humiliation. Oh, you've, you've failed. That thing is such a bondage. And Galatians 5.1 tells us it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. You have been freed and it was to live in freedom that Jesus set you free. That fear is a horrible, evil, wicked, destructive taskmaster. None of us like to look like we're weak. None of us. And failure always makes us look like we're weak. And so we would rather not try sometimes because of the fear of failure. I believe that, that thing that I've just said, we don't try because of the fear of failure, is what keeps more of us back from the fullness of what God has for us than anything else. That fear is a brutal slave master. Trying to fulfill, trying to walk in, trying to obey Jesus sets us on a trajectory. The sail is up. Even if we are sailing in the opposite direction, even if we're going to Tarshish, God can send a fish. If we bury ourselves in the sand, I suppose you could send a worm, but we are limiting God. Once that ship is under sail, God can direct it. While we're drifting, He can do nothing. So how do we handle failure? All successful people have failed. 
and the most successful people have failed the most. All successful people have failed and the most successful people have failed the most. He who is forgiven much loves much. So how do we set the trajectory right? We choose to hear God and obey. I remember reading, I can't remember which of uh, C.S. Lewis's books it is. I think it's uh, The Four Loves. He's talking about courage and he says, courage is not the absence of fear. Most of us hope that we won't feel fear and that we believe that that's us being courageous. C.S. Lewis says, courage is not the absence of fear, but the overcoming of fear. This is, the, this is the bit where we need to remember that God cannot love us more than he does right now. And there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If we embrace that, then we will risk great things for a great God. We won't bury our talent in the sand. Some of us also, sorry, before I get there, also, it is a, the way we see what being a Christian means determines very much how we handle these things. So for many of us, we see the Christian life as being about the goal or the aim is sinless perfection, that we should be striving to live sin-free. Can I suggest to you that that is utter rubbish and it will do more damage to you than almost anything else? If you look at the Ten Commandments and people talk about, I've heard people talk about how strict and how uh, restricting the, the, the law of God is, the Ten Commandments are so restrictive. My word, have you read them? Exodus 28, most of this stuff you're inherently revolted by. You wouldn't do it unless, the point of the law is to point out the boundaries of God's holiness. And that leaves an enormous area of freedom. If we spend our time doing the do's in the Bible, we wouldn't have any time to do the don'ts. Sinless perfection is not about, is not the, the, the goal. We, you cannot impress God with your moral standards. Because guess what? His standard is so far exceeds yours that it's over the horizon, down the other side and across the galaxy. So if you set your sights on being a good person, you will end up confronted like the rich young ruler was with... Yes, you've been very moral, but you lack the most important thing. That is living within earshot of the voice of God. How we handle failure determines. When you, when you fail, so sometimes, I know this is hard for you to imagine, sometimes I preach badly. But how do I know when it's bad? I asked my wife, no, 
I ask Jesus, because there have been times when I thought I've done a reasonably good job, and I asked the Lord, Lord, that felt really good. And he said, I asked you to say X. Did you even mention it? It's like, oh. And other times it's like, Lord, was there anybody there? I know there were bodies, but I just seem to have missed them totally. And it's like, I had my way with who was, was ready to hear my word. Who do you go for to find, to evaluate whether this thing is a success or a failure? Repentance is an attitude that manifests in an action. Repentance is an attitude that manifests in an action. I was chatting to someone yesterday, and I'm going to come to my conclusion with this. Was chatting? Was it yesterday or the day before? I can't remember. Oh, it was yesterday. And we were chatting about a former president who has caused us all a lot of um, discomfort, and not only us. And, and they said, can, can God forgive them? And I said, yes. Even at this last second, God can forgive them if there is true repentance. And they said, oh, but, you know, they've said they're really sorry for some, some of the things. I said, saying sorry is not the same as repentance because repentance is an attitude that results in an action. I'm sure you've heard this before, that repentance is a 180-degree turn. Well, I mean, it's a good picture. It's very nice. But repentance isn't just saying sorry. Most people say I'm sorry when they've been caught out. Repentance is an attitude. Psalm 51, against you and you only have I sinned, O God, and done what is wrong in your sight. He had been caught out, but he had genuine repentance. David, by the way. Genuine repentance. It was an attitude that reflected in actions. And that's how we need to. So what have I said? What is breaking new ground all about? What's it been? It's been growing in the gifts. It's been reigniting dormant or neglected spiritual interests. It's been about the, the setting of trajectory, the thin and the fat cows, which you're focusing on. The ones you focus on will eat the others. How have I been able to recognize, or how can I recognize the new ground that I have broken? Is there been greater faith expressed in your spiritual life? And have you expressed greater faith in your work life? And how do we deal with failure? By confronting the truth without allowing it to be condemnation and making the commitment to try again, that repentance, that attitude. If I sin 70 times in a day, will the Lord forgive me? Yes. Will I forgive myself? Hmm. That's a bit more debatable. Are your standards higher than God's? No. My understanding of grace is way too small. So I'm going to ask you if you'll stand. And I want us to do business with God. 
I'm going to, to leave. I'm not going to say anything or pray anything. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. If you can't stand up with your eyes closed because you're worried you're going to fall over, you're welcome to sit down. But this I do want to say. Ask the Lord these questions. Lord, you've called us to break new ground this year. Show me where I have, where I haven't, where I've tried and failed. Lord Jesus, as we've just spent a moment reflecting on the vision that you gave us for this year, I thank you that you are able to do abundantly more than we can hope, ask, or imagine in us, and that you are radically committed to us. So therefore, as you have highlighted areas where we have stepped out, may that become the pattern for our lives. Lord, as we recognize patterns in our lives that do not honor you, we invite you to have your way in us. Lord, we thank you that breaking new ground, while it is no longer our primary focus moving on, the reality is that the ground that has been broken has you are sowing. The seed of your word has gone forth and it's fallen on ready ground. Lord, for ground that still needs to be broken, you're going to keep working in us individually and corporately and we thank you for that. But thank you, Lord, that the fruit of what you have done in us, we will be feeling for weeks and months and years to come. Thank you for a trajectory that draws us closer to Jesus. May we revel in doing the things that you have told us to do and not allow ourselves to be fixated on the things where we miss the mark. So we thank you, Lord, for the vision. We thank you that you've not left us where we were, but that you are committed enough to your purpose and plan in us that you prepared to make us feel uncomfortable, to give us the opportunity to be courageous, that you didn't leave us where we're at. Thank you that your commitment is never to stop. And so we entrust ourselves to you. A little bit like John in Revelation 1, overwhelmed by the Jesus we know and love as we see the more of you, your eyes burning like blazing flames. Thank you, thank you, thank you that you are love. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. We would love to know how this message spoke to you. Please connect with us through our website, www.venturechurch.co.za or through our various social channels.